analysis time on the State of Combat podcast, MMA style, seconds after the ending of a very controversial, is that the right word, UFC 247 in the books as John Jones makes history once again, defending his light heavyweight title by unanimous decision over Dominic Reyes. Valentina Shevchenko survives in advance and much, much more. My name, of course, is Brian Campbell, the name who's on the marquee. And I am joined by Brandon Wise of CBS Sports. Be wise, I got two words to describe UFC 247. Texas forever. Texas forever. Texas forever indeed. I come from boxing, and it's the same story. Never take a big fight to Texas because you never know what you're going to get. Settle it for me right now, be wise. Robbery or not? Man, I don't think you can go robbery on that. It was such a damn good fight. Like, I feel like that's what's going to get lost in all of this, is that that was just a great fight. Like, if it wasn't for the scorecards, we would be talking about that as one of the best title fights at 205 that we've ever seen. It was. Look, it's one of the best title fights, I think, in history. Not, like, top five, but, I mean, it, it was a great title fight because Dom Reyes, who we didn't know enough about through 12 pro fights, made it that great. And obviously, John Jones with an incredible championship-level rally. But here's why this is a disputed fight. Jones wins on scores of 48-47, 48-47, and 49-46. So here's the deal, Brando. Like many on Twitter, I scored it three rounds to two for Dominic Reyes. I actually think this was a fairly easy fight to score. He sets a hellacious pace in rounds one and two. Hurts Jones on multiple occasions. Ten nine rounds in both. Jones rallies in four and five. Easily gets takedowns in both. Easily, I thought, wins those two rounds. Ten nine each. It comes down to that third round, in my opinion, Brandon. What happened in that third round? Fairly even striking through four minutes, but Reyes put it on at the end. Big left hand to stagger Jones. Really was the aggressor toward the end of that. Yes, you started to see the beginning of fatigue catching up with him, but that's 49-48 Reyes on my card. If you gave that round to Jones, I can't shoot you. It is what it is. It's preference, but to have a third judge... And these are some of the same judges who earlier in the night had openly botched scores to have that four rounds to one for John Jones and to have two of the three judges giving John Jones round two. That's highway robbery. That's just not, I mean, look, close rounds, you can always flip the coin. I just think four of these five rounds were not close. They were obvious. They were indisputable. So is this a robbery? Not necessarily but like I tweeted immediately after, they did Dom Reyes dirty, Brandon. I don't think this is that different from Johnny Hendricks, George St. Pierre. I had the same feeling after that fight. I think this was a much, much closer fight than even that split decision that John Jones got away with last July against Tiago Santos because Dom Reyes came out there and answered every possible question we could have had. If this is boxing, this is another night at the office, but I think at the highest level in USC, more often than not be, we get it right. That's true, but I also did DM you and our coworkers tonight during that at the end of that third round, and I said, 
I can't wait to see how he gets screwed on this scorecard because I knew it was coming. You just knew this was coming, man. And for all that that you said, I get it. The third round was – I think the third round was the was the round of the fight though. Like it was so damn close. He, You saw John have to be tested hard. Like his right eye was starting to swell up because Dom was just landing that left hand so clean every time he threw it. It was just like, okay, whoa, wait a minute. This is John Jones, right? Like this is the guy who's supposed to be invincible at 205 who we never see get hurt like this, who never gets wobbled like this. And to his credit, he never truly went down. The only time he hit his hit his backside was in the first round on a slip. He ate all of all of Dom's punches, but he was landing hard in that fight, man. I I really think that John probably wins the third round just on on cage control and presence, but. God, I don't know. I, it I mean, was so razor so thin. So here's the deal. You got to score damage in the end. Look, I, you know, I – all right. MMA has a problem because it uses a boxing scoring system. We all know that. Sometimes I can get in sketchy arguments about boxing scoring because, look, I love boxers. I sometimes can favor movement and controlling two of the three minutes in a boxing round to other people who go, look, my guy landed the three biggest punches of that round. My guy won it. If you take that same thought process and bring it to MMA – Dom Reyes won round three. He landed the more uh, telling shots. Those were not rounds in which John scored takedowns. Those were rounds four and five. And again, to Dom Reyes's credit, who got taken down almost at will by your boy, famed Fort Lauderdale bar brawler Vulcan Ozdemir, he got right back up. I mean, I can do nothing right now but praise the championship intangibles of Dom Reyes. Just as equally as I'll praise John Jones for coming back. But th- this was botched scoring. It wasn't robbery. It wasn't conspiracy. Although we tend to feel that when the money fighter wins. And again, if you're coming from boxing, this is par for the course. Look at Canelo Alvarez's biggest fights. Look at Oscar De La Hoya's biggest fights. It happens. They just got it wrong. They scored this fight wrong. To have two of the three judges given round two to John makes no sense. And again, even in that round three, I defy you. Watch it in black and white. Watch it with the sound down. Watch it pantsless with peanut butter smeared across the screen. You're still going to get 10 to 9 Reyes, and you should get it that way. Our guy got screwed. And while I can give him credit for class, for afterwards saying it is what it is, for not complaining about the judges, for not saying, bro, you screwed me, give me a rematch. I almost wish he would have, Brandon, because that kid, that 30-year-old ex-second-tier college football player who we had to hear all week lost out on his NFL draft dreams. Bro, you played at Stony Brook. You're not going to the draft, all right? But you found a second career, and you came out here and played like it was the Super Bowl. You made us have to... You, you know, if this is Teddy Atlas... You know what he did? You made him. You made him for the cheeseburgers. Fast food. I mean, you hit that. Does that make it fast food? That's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He made him go in there. Listen, and he made him flip cheeseburgers. Yes, yes, exactly. And he, Dom Reyes, fought so well that we now have to have that conversation that we've been hinting at the last couple years. Is John Jones the same John Jones? Because Dom Reyes was that great tonight. And to see him not eat, like Brandon, if he gets one of the three scorecards, still loses by split decision. But that's a moral victory he would have deserved tonight. How not a single judge could have rewarded that performance when the stats tell you Dom Reyes won. John Jones's face tells you 
I don't know, man. I had the same feeling when Johnny Hendricks got screwed. This don't feel good. This don't feel good. I was going to ask you how you would feel about if if you if two of the judges gave John the fight and one gave Don the fight because you're saying highway robbery because it was a unanimous decision and obviously the 49-46 is pretty absurd. But if it was 48-47 on all three scorecards and only and one of them goes to Dom, you're saying you're happier with that? I'm saying even though that moral victory is worthless, at least he deserves that. At least you go, okay, it came down to preference in the third round. It is what it is. And by the way, look, it is what it is. Five-minute rounds are long. A lot of things happen. You're really judging, you know, a lot of different moments against each other in that. So whatever on that. But to see how they got there, Brandon, with that second round scenario and then that third judge is just not getting how you should score MMA, scoring that four rounds to one. Again, if the rounds were closer, case in point. You remember Gustafson Jones too. First two rounds, I'm the only one who I was cage side, didn't have replays, didn't have good angles, didn't have announcers in my ear. Nothing happened those first two rounds. I thought Gustafson edged them out. Everyone else had Jones, but those are close rounds where nothing happened. I felt these were much more definitive. I'm not going to use the word robbery, but I will use the word incompetence. Yeah, that's fine. I I get it that. Listen, this was this was an issue early in the night that we t- we heard about with where Joe Rogan is accusing an, a judge of not even looking at a fight while it's going on. So there was a lot going on in this in this venue tonight and, and to begin with. I, I really don't even want to talk about the judging. I just want to talk about what actually happened because that was so much more interesting to me than what these judges did. Because what the hell was John Jones' strategy in this fight at the start? Did I'll he just you. get completely blindsided by what Dom did to start this fight? I'll tell you straight up. Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, if you take his post-fight press conference, post, I'm sorry, post-fight comments inside the cage, that was a very humble John who mentioned twice, Dom, you're way better than I thought you would be. So I think there is a level of John Jones who hyped himself up, said, I'm just going to walk through this guy, enjoyed the little trash talk war they had, Thought this guy just wasn't ready for prime time. And to be honest, the closer this fight got to happening, like the last four hours, I started thinking, man, Jones going to destroy this kid. So I get that way of thinking. What did Reyes do? He set that insane pace. And any time John Jones looked like he was making a comeback in those first three rounds, looked like he was taking back the momentum, Reyes hit the gas at the right time and came back and did all the things we said he would need to do. Hurt John early to get his attention and disarm him and disrupt him. Use his size, southpaw stance, quickness. He used everything. He made John's reach advantage almost null and void. I think John got to a point where he's like, okay, I can get I can get hurt here. Uh, let, let me just get through these first two rounds, and then I'll take him into deep waters. But the thing is that even though Reyes faded a bit in four and five, Brando, he never he never crumbled. He never broke. And that was something I think John was hoping for. I'll give John credit again for wrestling. Bro, wrestle. I screamed that during the Tiago Santos fight. You're a better wrestler than basically everyone, including Daniel Cormier. Wrestle, brother. He tried. (laughs) Man, Dom Reyes is that good. So John Jones at 32 ain't John Jones at 23. He's also not washed, but there is a middle area where he's a matured fighter, and if you have the size, balls, speed, and power, and very few do, Brandon, 
to keep up that pace, to have the balls to put on that pace. Look at Caitlin Chukagian very quickly. We'll get to that in a second. Rogan nailed it. Didn't have the confidence to commit to her strikes because the person across from her was so dangerous. Dom Reyes was like, no, this is my night, bro. This is my night. And I think John Jones just was not prepared for that. Now, I will counter you and say that the wrestling was good, but it was too late. Because to use wrestling effectively, you can't have a you can't have both dudes completely sweaty to the point where people are able to just slip out of positioning a lot easier. And that I think is what led to a lot of what happened with Dom there, where he was able to get out of those takedowns immediately. Was that just he was soaking wet at that point and he had no control over holding down Dom's body? But I will also say that for all of that that you're saying, which is great, I, I get it and I agree with most of what you said. And it was a great delivery too. So keep going. Yeah, second round, John. That that rope-a-dope he had where he was ducking and dodging like the 15-punch combination that that Dom threw, that was some pretty classic stuff where it's like, okay, Dom is trying, but he's also not landing a lot. He's throwing a, a plenty of strikes, but I don't know if he landed any of those punches in that in that sequence there. And I don't know what was going on with John because he was doing that that like walk-away – backing away from Dom expecting him to get like the respect of like hey we're not striking here and Dom was just like f that I'm going straight for your head when you turn like that why would you why would you not defend yourself here it was it was some really great John and then some WTF John it it was a really weird performance from him Uh, when you say really weird that shows me the hint of something being off. I don't think there was anything off. I think there was a young stud across from him who was ready to declare himself the champion. And I think, Brandon, looking back at my notes, you heard that whole rant I did about the scoring. I may be off in my memory of rounds two and three. Round two, I think, was that closer one when when, uh, when Reyes rallied at the end. And if that was the case, that would take a couple of those judges slightly off the hook, even though I thought, again, with what Reyes did, it was clear. But still, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't I don't sit here and question John's game plan or his reaction to what happened. I think he just underestimated Reyes to begin with and then underestimated him after round two. Because you know where I thought after round two this fight was going to become? I thought it was going to become Boogie Woman, Claudia, part two. You remember that? Gadelha takes her down the night before UFC 200. Rounds one and two, she's in her kitchen. And then Yuana's like, okay, let's get to the other side of the pool. Let's see what happens. I think John just figured that would happen. But again, Reyes did enough in round three in my eyes to have won that. But what a night, man. When you get somebody who had so many questions in Reyes, because when you beat up a a body bag of your boy Chris Weidman, and when you struggle to get a decision you probably didn't deserve against Ozdemir, and okay, he had a nice decision against OSP, but you can do that to OSP if he doesn't knock you out. We didn't know he could be this good. He's that good. He's that good to the level where if John Jones and Reyes fought tomorrow in a rematch, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, Brandon. I'm really not sure. And that's wild. It's just as yeah. wild as the fact that no one is talking about a potential rematch here. No one. 
Well, I mean, that's not fair. We're just, we're, we're what, 40 minutes after this fight has ended? There was, John kind of shut down any talk of what's next because by saying he's going to talk with his team and figure out what's next, I don't think anybody knows what's next for John because John doesn't know what's next. I don't think Israel Adesanya is necessarily next. I don't think Stipe is necessarily next. I thought that, man, it's just so tough because what do you do at light heavyweight with John now? Like, he's clearly not the. You think he's still the same guy he was nine years ago? It's, no. it's clearly no. No, there's a. I said there's a middle ground. He's he's not washed, but he's not the same explosive creative force. He's he's an aging fighter who happens to be the greatest of all time and happens to be the best in the world. But people it's are going to close the, the gap. It's the Mayweather stuff, man. Except this sport is so much more dangerous than boxing because there's so many damn young lions coming up and four-ounce gloves are so much different than 12. <sighs> I mean, look, it's, I, re- I don't think it's different than Tyron Woodley's recent run at welterweight. You saw when I was drinking that juice. I think rightfully so, by the way, when you go back and look at the Wonder Boy till fights and see that he's beating everybody at their own skill, doing it efficiently, doing it with as little uh, – extraneous movement as possible, which you saw John Jones doing that tonight, right? He was conde- he was conserving his cardio for a late finish, and then he just you, you mentioned how dangerous the sport is. It's not as easy compared to what Mayweather did. No one's saying what Mayweather did is easy, by the way, <laughs> to maintain that level into his late 30s. But, again, he's just dealing with punching, and then Usman basically just walked in there and blew Tyron Woodley's doors away. So MMA is a crazy sport. It's crazy that John's even here setting a record for most victories in title fights with 14, moving into a tie for third place overall and victories with 20, just three away. He's one more away from tying Demetrius Johnson for title defenses. Yet, I don't think the Tiago Santos fight was a gift. I think it was a warning. And tonight was, uh, was, was favorable, favorable to say the least. Um, Brandon, you mentioned about what's next being complicated because Adesanya would have to beat Romero and they'd have to figure some things out. And DC would have to fall out of the Stipe conversation for that to happen. Considering his one win away from tying the t- the title defense record, don't you think he's just going to sit back, heel, and face the winner of Corey Anderson, uh, Jan Blahowicz on like a quick turnaround? On a quick turnaround. For them, mm. not him. For them. On a quick turnaround oh. for them. That fight's coming up in what? The next month? It's next week. That fight is literally next week. Look, you get a you get a winner in that fight without a ton of damage. I bet we quick turn around that. And headline the pay-per-view in June? I just don't know what you're going to do with Dom here. Because he deserves a second chance. But do you wait for that second chance to come after John leaves the division? That's the real debate right now. Or do you wait? Do you hold him for Tiago Santos and make that fight? For the interim title? For the interim title. Wow. That'd be good business. That's, I don't, that's or actually, it sex. wouldn't be big business, but it's hot hardcore S for the hardcore fan. Uh, S-E-X. Uh, not 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 S meaning uh, merda, your favorite uh, Spanish term, which could describe the scoring tonight. Uh, I'm looking at a tweet from our our boy Mark Raimondi of ESPN. By the way, great guy, great guy. All right, big wrestling nerd, great guy. Per the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation, Marcos Rosales had Jones winning rounds two, four, and five. Joe Solis had Jones winning 
two, three, four, and five. Chris Lee had Jones winning three, four, and five. Hmm, that would suggest that rounds two and three are sort of closer than our knee-jerk reaction. But I'm still not buying it. Still not buying it. I mean, um, I I said off the top, I thought Jones 48-47. Just because I gave Jones the close third round and the fourth and fifth. But again, it's it's really close. It's really close. And we do have to sit here, by the way, and completely... Respect and applaud John for that rally, Brandon. I mean, that's some championship-level stuff because he got lit up by Reyes early in that fight. And for him to be able to conserve his gas tank and take those shots and come back and wrestling in almost a desperate tone in those final two rounds, man, John Jones is is still the ish. I mean, he was backed up on a coke trip against Gustafson the first time around and found a way to win one of the greatest fights in UFC, UFC history, you know, maybe the greatest title fight. Although, by the way, Adesanya uh, Gastelum interim title fight, pretty damn great too. John Jones is is. I mean, as much as I want to cry that they got it wrong, this ain't me going. Oh, John Jones again, screwed him over. No, John Jones did everything he needed to do to have an argument to win that fight. Right? No more dick pills. Right? You didn't even need the enhancement. Okay, no dick, no more dick pills. Um. I got nothing but respect for the guy, but this wasn't that uh, such dominant showcase win that you're like, it has to be heavyweight next. And remember, I'm the guy who wants him at heavyweight more than anything. This may be almost the, well, maybe I hang around and put that defense record out of the way. You know, maybe I slowly add more muscle before jumping into their cold turkey. Maybe I see who comes out of DC Steepy. Dice Pipe 3. Thank you, Rashad. Uh, maybe I wait till they're a little bit older. But by the way, John's going to age very well at heavyweight. John is... Man. Hey, you have... I, I, I mean, are you sure? Yeah, he's going to age great at heavyweight. Dude, uh, but this is what I said earlier in the week. is like nine years as a champion having to face the best of the best of the best every time you fight, despite the two-year layoff that you always mention, that's a lot of time. He's got to be getting close to that Frankie Edgar record of most ring time, too, with all these championship fights that go the distance, because that's just nonstop damage that you're taking. At some point, his body is going to break down on him. But the difference in hand speed between light heavyweight and heavyweight, I think, is the, the biggest gap of any two weight divisions. You saw that with DC moving up to heavyweight. Go back and look at any DC fight. The guy's lightning compared to these heavyweights. John, with that length, he's going to be a problem for these guys. I mean, there's always going to be that danger of getting KO'd. You're always going to have uber trouble against an Nganu freak of nature. But against regular heavyweights, against over-the-hill JDS, those type of guys, head kick KOs, bro, all right? Well, he's not going to fight over-the-hill JDS. He's going to fight Stipe or Nganu or maybe Curtis Blades. But guess what? The JDSs and Overeems of the world linger, and eventually they come back around, and you squeeze out what's left (laughs) of the sponge of their name, okay? Those are the type of guys he's head kick KOing. That's all I got to say right there. So maybe if you're the UFC, maybe you do go, hey, John, go beat Corey Anderson if he wins next, and then get out of the way, because it's Maheta, Maheta, and this guy, uh, Stony Brook defensive back, number 65 in your scorebook, and number one in your heart, all right? All right, Brandon, you know exactly what I'm saying. You play high school football under Keith Byers. 
Tell the people that, about that. Hold on. That dude was a DB for Stony Brook? Yeah. Tall DB. Yeah. That's a big-ass defensive a DB, back, dude. Big-ass douche, uh, defensive back. You're right. You're right. Um, Man, I, I love tonight because this card sucked. Largely it sucked, okay? <laughs> but when you get something to talk about afterwards, man, I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Thank you. Remember the time so, Andy tried to indecent proposal by marriage? Well, well, you know, we'll forget about that for now. <laughs> so are you, like me, seeing all these other people tweeting about open scoring and having, like, somewhere on the ring and in, in the arena the judges' scorecards pop up every after every round? No, no, no. I hate it. I hate open scoring. Uh, they, they, they F around with that once in a while in boxing, and I don't like it. I, You know – you get a Daniel White who probably loves it and would probably argue for it because he wants people that know they're down to fight like, like you know, to rally and really dig deep. I just think it creates – it has the opposite potential. It creates that somebody could just pad a lead. Imagine somebody with a wrestling ability who goes, oh, I'm up wider than I thought. You know, I'm just going to lay and pray. I'm going to John Fitch the crap out of this. There's, I think it brings up more negativity, and I think the problem is it takes away the suspense. We don't know. Even in – Boring fights. We're like, all right, well, let's see if they get screwed, right? Let's wait, you know, wait out the last round. Let's see what happens here. I just think you need an overhaul in the scoring system. You can't do 10 to 9 boxing. You have to, things have to mean more. Things have to, I mean, look, like, I like that there's more 10 8s than there used to be, but uh, I don't think any judge, you got, you got old boxing judges doing MMA, right? And when you go to these states that don't regularly hold UFC championship level fights, even though it, it can't happen this way because of impropriety. I almost wish the UFC was able to select and train their own referees. And I wish they, I'm sorry, their own judges. And I wish these judges were like largely ex fighters or people very close to it. And they could develop their own scoring system. And, you know, if guys suck at it, they get fired. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't really have that because you don't want all the power in one spot. And it'd be very easy to uh to to cheat so uh but that would be a lot better than hey we're going to texas this weekend an old boxing guy is going to sit in here no that doesn't work it doesn't work the scoring system doesn't work uh but you know what do i know brandon okay what do i know i got i got people tweeting at me right now saying how the hell could you say that reyes uh set an insane pace and won the first two rounds what are you crazy no i'm not crazy did you watch the fight all right did you watch that crap i mean really come on a lot of a lot of weird people out there in this world but john survives and advances and uh that's all i gotta say about that you got anything else on that main event Nope, not on the main event. All right, that's fantastic, Eric. Great talking to you here, Brandon. Uh, that co-main event is Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, this was her masterpiece, top to bottom, Brandon. She showed everything in the arsenal. The vicious counterpunching against Caitlin Chukagian, the spinning kick arsenal attack, the dominance on the ground due to her strength and technique. I mean, Brandon, she's just light years ahead of anyone in that division from the standpoint of technique, power, speed, experience, mentality, Firearm tattoos, all of that, every category you can go across. She scores a fourth round TKO via guillotine pounding. I'm sorry, not guillotine, crucifix pounding on the ground. She almost, I mean, she basically hung her out to dry there. The only debate here, Brandon, is do you do the Nunes, Nunes fight now? Do you do the third fight with Amanda now and have her move back up to 35? Because 
there's nobody. Yeah, Joanne Calderwood is there. Yeah, Lauren Murphy had a win tonight that I'm not even sure she deserved over KGB Lee. But none of them have a shot. You and I talked about that this week on the Expert Picks Pod. Maybe Macy Barber in three years does, but there ain't no one left. They're going to get those. They're going to get girls hurt in that division because, Brandon, there is nobody at 25 and there's nobody at 45 either, as you can see by the lack of rankings on the UFC website four years into this division. But uh, your thoughts on, on Valentina just making us all happy. I mean, there's what else is there to say, man? It's so tough to to even muster like, yeah, she was dominant. What else, like she is clearly better than anybody else in the world at 125 pounds. Caitlin, as you said, Joe Rogan noted on the pot on the on the broadcast, she seemed tentative. She seemed not afraid, but just unsure of herself and not confident enough to throw the strikes that she should. I mean. When you have Rogan saying after the fight, I almost feel bad for her being so dominant because now this is what you have to work with in the division. There's just who would want to fight her and who do you who who wants to take that task on when there's clearly such a gap and the gap is created by the fact that the division is so young. I had somebody actually mention to me that. This was what Joanna did at 115 when they first brought the division into the into existence when there wasn't enough girls to fight her. And I get it, but it's also like, man, why are we keeping up this charade? Like, I don't do you see 125 getting that much better in the next year and a half, two years while no, she's here? I don't. And and even though 135 caught up with Rhonda from the standpoint that she finally had to start facing well-rounded people who are dangerous. Brandon, 135 is dead once again right now. So it's like there's no depth anywhere but but women's strawweight, the second best division of all in all of MMA. That's the only division with depth. There's no depth at Adam Weight in Invicta either. There's only one division that has a consistent churn of talent there. It's tough right now. So to see Valentina open for for ideas now is good. I think you have her fight Joanne Calderwood next because Joanne's ready, but there's nobody after. I mean, nobody unless like Roxanne Matafuri got another big win, which I don't even think is possible at this point. So th- I think you do the Nunes fight at the end of the year. And then look, it's a legacy opportunity. Should Valentina win? Not only do you open the door for a fourth fight between them, Brandon, but then I think you just say, Hey, maybe you should just stay at Bantamweight because we can, there's better. You know, we can put you in there with Aspen Ladd. We can put their, you in there with people you haven't fought yet. But here's the deal. Like, Valentina also destroyed people at 35, too. She dominated Juliana Pena. She, you know, she destroyed Holly Holm, not in a dominant sense, but just in a technical sense and, and just played Holly Holm's game and just shut her down. I mean, I'd like to see Shevchenko against GDR. But anybody I want to see her against is at least at 35. And she probably can't fight at 45 anyway. So, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get her up there by the end of the year. And that's a big fight, Brandon. And the fact that Shevchenko has gotten better since those first two matchups with Nunes. I'm not even sure Amanda's gotten better. She's just been great. She's just Amanda. This this third fight would matter, and I would love it. And I'd like to give Valentina some time to put that weight on smart and, and build to that fight because I think both women deserve it. That's your friggin' Super Bowl. That's the best damn fight you can make in women's fighting it may be on the short list of best fights you can make overall brandon 
Tell me I'm wrong. Convince me otherwise. I'm sitting in that meme at the table with the coffee cup. Convince me otherwise, Brandon. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think you're spot on with that. It's it's almost like the only other thing I would want right now, given how depleted 125 and 145 are, is to just make a tournament, <laughs> make like an eight woman tournament for with Valentina and Amanda as the one and two seed fill in the rest. However you want to fill that in and let's just see if we can get them into a title fight in like 2021. All right. All right. No passion in your voice. Uh, passion for, uh, Anto- <laughs> it's two 30 in the morning. <laughs> I just like to shout out Antonina Shevchenko. Still sneaky hot. Thank you so much. Congratulations You're to welcome. the family tonight. Um, I don't want to pile on Caitlin Chukagian, but, um, you know, I said it earlier, Joe Rogan was like dead on with that. I mean, Joe Rogan, I don't think had a great night on the mic, by the way, I think he was way off in a lot of situations, but he nailed that part. Uh, this from the second she realized how quick and accurate Valentina was, she just did not fight confidently. And she's basically lucky Brandon. She didn't get head kick KO'd. I mean, straight up she was, and she had the vicious cut over eye. I've never seen a cut. Uh, where the corner just had no chance to, to stop it. I mean, she got up from the stool and there's just blood gushing out. And it's like, all right, this fight's over. I mean, she lasted another round and a half, but wow. You know, when you, I mean, again, she fought Jessica Ida a split decision two fights ago, okay? that t- She's not a finisher. She didn't have a shot in this fight. Thank you, Vegas, for getting it right, okay? I was getting, it was getting painful listening to, to the announcers, you know, gloss up her chances. They didn't believe it, Brandon. You telling me John Anik, our boy? You telling me John Anik, the man, right? Yeah, do you kick MMA news with so many places that you can't do? I tell them only one show brings it every week, and they got three hosts no one else can beat. I'm talking Anik, the man. Don't text and drive. You're telling me Anik actually believed Chukagian had a shot? No, no, no. That guy's a smart man, right? Yes, yes. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you. All right, Brandon. Uh, this this fight card blew. But it, you know, there was, it was some entertainment. There was some sneaky good fights in here. Uh, man, Watt Adams blows. Justin, Justin Taffa, Taffa, uh, knocked him out, which we both predicted. So shout out to us for getting that right. But, uh, really good fight between Dan Ige and Mursad Bektik at Featherweight. You identified it as the fight of the night coming in. Split decision win for Ige. I had Bektik three round, or I'm sorry, two rounds to one. It was basically the fight you and I both predicted back and forth. We thought, Bektik would do more if he was able to get the fight to the ground, which he did. Round one was a disaster for him. Ige landing at will. But shout out to Bektik for turning that fight around. Yet the septic tank falls to 0-2 in his last two, bro. Yeah, man, that was so tough because after you watch that first round, I'm just like, oh, bleep. Like, Dan Ige's doing exactly what I said he might do to, to Bektik here. And I'm surprised that Bektik didn't get finished in that, in that flurry of, of strikes that Ige threw. But then you saw what happens when Ige gets to a second round. He might have, he might have, to use a boxing term, shot his load. Whoa, whoa. And, and in the second round, like, Bektik gets into the ground and starts wrestling. And I don't think that the choke was ever as close as Rogan and Dom Cruz made it sound like on the broadcast, but he works him into an arm triangle, pins him up against the cage, and it seemed close. But Ige didn't seem like he was ever really rattled. And I think after that, you kind of saw Bektik had nothing left in his arms. So he had nothing more on his punches. And that was kind of the tail of the third round where Bektik just couldn't – everything he landed had no power on it. 
so Ige was able to get to the decision win. And that's huge for him, man, because Bektik is a tough out. And you saw it in the first round. Like, he might have gotten pressured, but he was still standing there, and he wasn't backing off. Let him shoot his load, and then down the stretch, do what we do best. When did you think that the fight was starting to turn when he had shot his load and you could come at him? When he shot him, he started shooting his load. Oh, my God. I mean, how many more of these we got? He might have shot his load a little oh, bit. My. Maybe he, uh, he blew his wad early. Oh, yeah, hopefully Condon, you know, <laughs> shoot out his gun. Oh, my God. How many ways can you say it? One thing that he did wrong tonight was he just, oh, he just threw, he threw his load. Oh, my God. With his hands? That's disgusting. What is happening right now? All right. Let's move on from that. That was uh, that was really gross. Uh, wow. You know? you know, I'm tired of getting the taste of it. I want the whole load. Okay. No one's getting any more. No one is getting any of that, Paul Pierce. Thank you for that, though. Okay. Brandon, you nailed it. Um, a lot of weird scorecards tonight, right? I, I just didn't think Ige had done enough, but a fun fight. They both went after it. That's five wins in a row for Dan Ige, the Hawaiian. We have to take him seriously now. We do not have to take Beefy Latifi serious as a heavyweight, although he rallied using wrestling and clinching to nearly steal a decision from Derek Lewis. The Black Beast uh, exploded in the final 30 seconds of round three. Jumping knees, wild punches, pulls out a 29-28 scorecard on all three. Uh, neither were elevated in this fight. It was, a you know, kind of fun to watch for parts of it, but the uh, TV's going to have trouble. Unless they put him in there with that guy who drinks beer out of a shoe, like, he's going to have some trouble, bro. <laughs> That'd be tied to Ivasa. Um, yeah, I, the size is just such a big problem for Latifi. They're just, not the size, the height is the biggest problem because he's, as we call him, he's got he's got the beef, bro. And I thought he was going to ride into the ring tonight on a on a on a horse bareback oh. again, but he didn't do that for me. No, he Derek didn't. Lewis, man, spent way too much time this this training camp watching Jorge Masvidal just throwing flying knees. He threw like five of them just out of nowhere, and somehow, even on a guy who's only five nine, couldn't find his chin. I thought that was weird, dude. But like, he has so much meat on his frame. I mean, that was just like, it's like sirloin, Swedish sirloin here, this guy. You slip her the hot beef injection. Gross, gross, gross. Seriously. Another hot beef injection. No more of that. All right. Um, It's a Derek Lewis surviving advance. He needed the win. He got it. Whatever. Fight of the night came in the prelim. I mean, fight of the night was your main event, of course. Fight of the night on the undercard, I thought was your preliminary card main event. and ended up getting the bonus. Trevin Giles. Against a 24-hour notice, James Krause at middleweight split decision win. Brandon, this fight was wild. James Krause looked like he was out of this fight multiple times. Man, that guy found his second win. And he found his bollocks too. He fought like a tough, tough gang member, and yet Giles almost stopped him at the end of the third too. Wild fight. Do you think he earned the decision? Yeah, he definitely earned the decision. I mean. The only time where you thought Kraus was going to win this fight was in the opening round, right? Like when he takes Giles' back and looks like he's going to lock in that that rear naked choke and he got really damn close too. Um, after that, he had just nothing left in his arms. Same same as Bektik in, in the other fight. And you could just see it because every punch he threw was just sloppy as hell. I mean, dude, he's, he took the fight on 24 hours notice. This was going to be sloppy all the way through. But – he had nothing left in his arms. He had nothing on that jab or that on that straight right. And then Giles in the third round was just 
<laughs> I don't know if it was just fatigue or if he was just like, all right, screw this. I know that my opponent can't hurt me, so I'm going to throw as hard as I can. He threw one punch. He tried to throw a right hook, and his entire body swung around like a cartoon. And I was yeah. just like, okay, what am I watching? It's just slop, dude. I made um, good for Giles to come back from a two-fight losing streak against, you know, Zach Cummings and Gerald Mershart. That's uh, your favorite. No. And uh, and just display just pure power. I mean, wildness, but pure power. He's fun to watch. I mean, he's not, you know, Jeff Neal, who I feel like is this sleepy title contender. I don't have long-term visions of title aspirations for, for Trevin Giles, but he needed this win. He got it. He can punch hard. He's fun to watch. Brandon, that women's flyweight bout I mentioned earlier uh, may have had the opportunity to produce a new title challenger for Shevchenko, but Lauren Murphy gets a split decision over Andrea Lee. She didn't deserve it in my eyes. They were awful. Fun fight, but awful because there's no defense and they squared up. They swelled up each other's face instantly. This was slop, bro. This was um this was your this is your women's flyweight division right here, okay? This is just bad MMA. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be that guy. All right. And then even worse judging. Like that was like where the, the start of all this was. This is this was the fight where Rogan multiple times during the fight was looking over at uh, looking over at who he thought was a judge and saying he's not even looking at the fight he's looking down at his phone what is he doing and you're just like okay well we don't we can't see that on TV we have no idea what you're looking at joe like <laughs> can you stop saying that please like we are affecting the viewership here Joe may have found the edibles before the broadcast. It's possible. Joe had a rough night at the office, it felt like, overall. I liked Mario Batista, the Bantamweight, the flying knee to finish Miles Johns. That was a fun little fight. But the guy who jumped off the screen tonight, tell me if I'm wrong, making his UFC debut, the welterweight, Chaos Williams, with needing just 27 seconds to knock out Alex Morono. Basically, Chaos Williams jumped into oncoming traffic and just let that ish go. Uh, he was savage. He was violent. And once he had Morono, Morano, Moreno, uh, Morono hurt, man, he just, I mean, he, it was shades of Vitor Belfort running across the cage in shoes and taking Vondi's soul. Remember that back in the day, like UFC nine or whatever, 11, 12, you know what I'm talking, you know, the famous highlight in Brazil. Uh, wow. You like chaos Williams? You want more of him? I need more of him, bro. Was this not Colby Covington's alter ego out there tonight? Chaos. Wow, you just—you didn't get the joke. It's okay. It's okay. You could have just said no. And no, it's not. Could have moved on. Sorry, but... Brandon. Sorry, sorry. Um... Sure. Give me more of Chaos Williams. K- His name is Caitlin Williams. By yeah, the way, I don't get chaos. why they're. Uh, it's very Bellator of them to just be like <laughs> Pitbull. And you're like, uh, well, he's got a, I know, I know him. He's got a first and last name. You know, it's like, all right, whatever. Uh, two, they, look, here's the deal, UFC. I know you got this ESPN deal. You got to have a card every weekend. It's your thing. I need more depth. I need more depth on these undercards. These are pay-per-views, all right? That used to matter. That used to mean something. Put more meat on the bone of these pay-per-views, okay? Because sometimes we get fun fights out of nowhere, like James Krause coming in here on 24 Hours Nose and making a fun fight. That's great. You know, Chaos Williams jumped through my screen. That's great. This undercard blew. It wasn't fun. Who are these guys? Okay. Again, I I will remind you, as I remembered during the middle of this, that Jimmy Rivera versus... Marlon Vieira 
Ver- Marlon Vera was supposed to be on this card. Jimmy got hurt, and they had to take that that fight off the card. And so did Diego Lima, Douglas Lima's older brother. He was supposed to be on this card as well, and he got hurt and had to re- had to re- withdraw. So Sean there were guys. Well. Yeah, Sean O'Malley was supposed to be facing uh, Quinones, but then they moved that to two forty eight. Uh, OSP and Ryan Span originally. I, I mean, uh, that's not moving me either, but, uh, is what it is, Brandon. Okay. 247 in the books. Next week, of course, Corey Anderson and Jan Blahowicz do battle in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Paul Felder and Dan Hooker a couple weeks out, February 23rd in New Zealand. Then we get our UFC fight night for the vacant men's flyweight title. That's February 29th in Norfolk, Virginia, when Joseph Benavidez takes on Davison Figuilderdo. But I'm waiting for UFC 248. Brandon, to quote the great Jake Hager, my thoughts on UFC 248 right now? You know what? I'm rock hard right now with emotion. I got a phoner. Bro, are you kidding me? Did you watch that press conference on Friday Romero doing backflips and breakdancing and splits. I want this so bad. If this was a cream or the clear, I'd apply both simultaneously every inch. I would just, I, bro, I would just, let's go streaking. I, I cannot wait to be there in Las Vegas on March 7th. This fight is going, and, and that's not even counting Boogie Woman, by the way, against Weili Zhang, that, that racist Boogie Woman. No, I'm kidding. Um, this main event, Yoel Romero and Israel Adesanya is going to be the most fun and violent piece of business that we've ever seen. Can't wait for a two and three fighter to be a champion of a division. Stop, it's going to be stop awesome. Stop that. Okay, stop that. Hey, Marco Madsen on that undercard? Cowboy Oliveira? Jared Cannonier, right? He's waiting on an opponent still. Edmund Shabazi and Derek Brunson need that fight. Your boy Benny Oldariush against Drakkar Close? Oh God, your car close. Ugh. Not a fan. Deron Wynn back against Gerald Mershart, former uh Deron Wynn, former Golden Boy MMA star. But um yeah, this <laughs> card, yes, that's the card I need. Thank you, UFC. Uh Brandon Wise, that's all I got to say about this show. You wanna you wanna add anything? You wanna sprinkle any more on the uh Shout out to my brother in law. I got him some money tonight. I told him to bet John Jones profit by decision. Yes. That cashed very well. Very nice. Very done. Shout out to your brother-in-law. Shout out to our, our super producer, Mikey Mormile. Follow us on State of Combat on Twitter, at BrandonWise65, at your boy, B. Campbell, CBS. John Jones survives and advances. We don't know what's next, but Dom Reyes, you can sit at this table any day of the week. Somebody get Maheta up in the bullpen. Yes. Or maybe he can send your boy Lionheart Smith. Yeah, your boy. Maybe he My can, boy. Maybe he can remove I, one I, of his knuckles on his hand for him. All right. I'm going to fight you for that comment. All right. That's it. That's the show. Instant analysis in the books. And we are out. <laughs>